the adventures of a librarian turned sniper, Liberty Schoenhauer, who finds that aliens started the zombie apocalypse. These things happen. She is aided by the great Uncle Danny Toughest Nails, and together they try and save as many people in the book Liberty's Run. Book one is out now at Amazon and Mythmart, and book two is coming soon in August. Azeroth, Minton, Zindos, by torture of blood and bone, you are already well known. Your victim's fate is secretly sealed until all their secrets are revealed. I release you from your earthly bond. Go forward now, my evil friend, Mythmaster Beyond. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the World of Myth interview section. Uh, this is Kevin Adams, your amazing and wonderful host. Uh, we're giving Mythmaster of the Day off uh, as per request. Uh, he's not too happy about it, but again, uh, he is not the master of this show. Ha! Uh, we are again uh, have the honor of having another artist in our presence here. Uh, she is an internationally published author, so uh, lots of books that I can see out there. Uh, her first one uh, published back in May of 2017 if I if I have my information correct so uh, again uh, we're going to invite Linda Embler into our layer to ask questions and just kind of hang out with us so uh, again welcome Linda uh, thank you so again we're just going to kind of get right off to the bat we're just going to ask questions and hopefully have a, a conversation about lots of cool stuff because I have a list uh, of goody things um, so we'll start off first by a few things that uh, I saw that you were writing. Um, whenever you're writing, uh, one of the things you said you like to do is uh, you like to memorialize a person or an event. Um, one thing that you said that really kind of like hit home with me, and I'm sure it hits home with a lot of other writers, is that this last part, you like to exercise personal demons. I, I got I to gotta give my hats off to you that one because that one really hit the nail on the head. So... Um, I don't think a lot of people who are outside the writing group kind of understand what that is. So kudos to you on that one. Um, Thank you. We're also going to mention that you have a new book coming out soon, Rhythms Told. Is that correct? Yes, from Soma Publishing, yes. Okay. Um, do you have a release date or like a, an idea we had yet? Uh, sometime before the end of November is the best I can tell you. You know, a window is good, so, you know, end of November. Uh, yeah. I, again, we'll, we'll use the caveat if everything goes according to plan. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's always a good one. Uh, people can check on Amazon.com, and all, all, all my books are there, including my self-published and the Stoma Publishing book. So it'll show up eventually, but I would say the end of November. Good, good, good deal. Um so again, I, I noticed that you one of the answers that kept kind of popping up in some of the interviews that I read about you is that 
you really kind of write based on like or you know what if responses you know mm -hmm. um, yes I definitely like that thought um, going kind of outside the box of the norm uh, I think it's a good idea to kind of explore that um, I always liked the Marvel what if comics because mm -hmm. it's such a different way to see you know a superhero that you don't normally see them in that light or Again, just to open up that general thought of like, uh, you know, hey, normally Wolverine is has a healing factor, but what if we gave that healing factor to Punisher? And it's like, ooh, a whole new story. So my question to you um, would be, do you have like a favorite uh, either present or past what if? Like if you had a what if to pick, like a genre, what would be your favorite what if thing to kind of explore uh first of all i'd like to point out that my my what if statement came a long time before kevin figgy and all those people decided to start from me <laughs> right. i hear you first the what ifs okay are you asking for a specific uh, uh piece of work um i'm or just like if i guess if um i was to ask this like a different way like when you're trying to like I mean, I know the mo the what if questions motivate you the most, but like, mm -hmm. are you more a fan of like maybe a horror type what if or a sci-fi what if or uh, either one of either one of those either one of those um, I can be. One of the other things that I do that I probably didn't come out in an interview very much is I tend to sometimes write as someone that I'm not. For instance, uh, in my first book, I did a rather epic poem called Digging the Day, which was my attempt to do a kind of beat poem. And I put myself in the position of being a man <laughs> and a drug user, which I'm not either of those. Right. And it was kind of interesting the way that it played out. A lot of, a, a lot of uh, the, the what-ifs that I do are metaphysical things, or horror things. Uh, one of uh, the first, an, another one of the first poems that I write that was a what if was called Homeless Souls. And uh, the idea was that when God forgives Lucifer and all of hell's emptied, where do the unrepentant go? Hmm. You know, if everybody else says, we're sorry, you know, we're ready to come back into the fold, you still got those who are going, mm. right. what happens to them? You know, and I basically took it upon myself to say there probably, no no world would accept them, and they, they'd probably be homeless for all time. But that was an early speculative poem. It wasn't, if I had to do that one over again, I think I would uh, leave it more open-ended. Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I really like that. Um, one time, my cousin, he was toying around with the idea of a really cool what if, like, what if Adam and Eve were never kicked out of the Garden of Eden? Like, yeah. what then? Uh, so, yeah, I definitely like ex I like the exploration of the unknown um, and as far as things that are outside the box. I think there, I think it has been done, but it was like, what if a zombie bit a vampire? What would happen then, you know? So... That's kind of a cool thing. Oh, I've got a, I, yeah, I, I, I've got a really good uh, short story called Cracked Spines that fits perfectly within that whole what-if scenario. 
Um, I don't know if you have time to hear it or if it's just something you want me to just talk generally about. That is up to you. This is this is your moment. Uh, if you want to talk about it, I'll listen, and so will everybody else who I have as a captive audience. <laughs> well, well, go ahead, and I just happen to have it here, and not because because I thought I would read it on the show, although it would be kind of nice to read on the show. Um, simply because I have it out because I'm going to be doing another uh, reading in a couple of weeks and I have to have a poor uh, item. This one's called Crack Spines. I'm going to have to put my cheaters on here. Uh, no, we all have them, so most of there us. There you go. Halloween only happens occasionally throughout history. Large groups of people disappearing has popularly been explained away as the Great Plague of London the Black Plague, the Modern Plague, and most recently, the Manchurian Plague of 1910, which we, the writers of this scroll, have first-hand knowledge. And this is assuming what if this scroll was found, so that's kind of where it goes. There are the opening statements made on an obscure scroll, recently unearthed by a reliable group of archaeologists that records an occult practice known as Halloween. The writers of the scroll were a small band of survivors who got overlooked in the last carnage and eventually made their way up into a mountain cave. They later record the particulars of that gruesome event, as well as predicting the next, and then hid the scroll. Here are their words. They clawed their way up from the dirt and made their way down streets and across fields to where they used to live. These beings of shiny bones now bald with skin, their joints sounding like clattering as they marched along. We could hear them coming, but nothing we would do could keep them out. For these were the lonely dead, and they came seeking the company of those who had loved them and still remembered. They marched forward, recalling cooing words such as, You will always have my heart, or my heart is yours. They gnawed through the chest of their beloveds to get to that prize. To finally touch what had been promised to forever be theirs, and to re uh, relieve those still living whom they still treasured, of the burden of a life bereft of the ones who they had once held so dear. Who could blame them? Not all who marched have been loved. As those unfortunate weaved their way along, they fell apart, and the jagged pieces of their cracked spines were used as tools while the desperate de deceased sawed their way through doorways and windows to gain entry. By the way, according to the calculations set forth by the span of survivors from the early 20th century, the next Halloween is coming Sunday, February 14, 2023. Rather than publishing the scroll, the archaeologists who had recently unearthed it decided to rebury it. They knew since there was no time for the victims of the next event to prepare, that it would only be cruel to inform them their days were probably numbered. Now, you can't get much more speculative than that. I definitely like that. Um, so, again, to all of those who are listening, uh, that's definitely something that we actually don't normally do on this show. Um, we normally talk about it, but we've never had an actual live reading. So, kudos to you, and congr congratulations on being the first. Thank you. Um, so, it was definitely cool. I, I was, like, really kind of, uh, I guess I'll say the word shocked, because I was like, Ooh, they're coming back, and they're actually coming. They're coming for the heart they were promised. I'm like, ooh. I mean, what would you do if you knew somebody was coming after you with that? And what what could they? Would they be coming 
death in that in that manner. Right. What, what could you do? You know, I mean, like it's it's, yeah. it's kind of like um, facing the Green Reaper himself. You know, if you know yeah. death is coming for you, what are you even gonna do? Um, one of the funniest things I saw of responses to that is it's a little uh, comic and it has this old lady uh, and it's Halloween and death is at the door so the first panel says he goes Margaret I've come for your soul and then it cuts him off because she's giving him out candy and he's like holy crap you're giving out full-size candy bars he's like never mind Garbert, Margaret we're good and I was like I was like I love that it, it, yeah, it, I love you know it's uh, it's a good little comic I, I it's near and dear to my heart um, yeah so when you're not writing, it says you actually um, build acoustic guitars with your husband. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah we built acoustic guitars and steel string guitars. Uh-huh. And how long have yeah, you been? He started when he retired, and then I retired, re, retired, retired a year after he did, and then I started helping him do that. So we're on number 10. Excuse me. We're on number 10 right now. So you're building your 10th guitar? Mm-hmm. And... How long does have you guys been doing that now? Uh, about eleven years. We we got behind a little bit uh, during COVID because it was difficult to get some of the wood to start connect. You you have to have all of your wood pieces, and right. if they're not wood out, then you don't have anything to build with unless right. you want to build up picnics. So uh, we got behind a little bit on that. It takes about a year to build one. Okay, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm gathering, and, and, and that was actually kind of one of the questions I was going to ask, is, you know, how did COVID affect a, a business where you're building guitars, and, you know, you kind of touched on that getting the wood, and I, I can definitely relate to um, being able to get certain materials during the pandemic or getting anything, right. I, I mean, on the, on the exact opposite end of that, there was a deal where they couldn't get those computer chips for the Ford trucks, and they were just sitting there on lots. And the same thing with the PlayStation 5s. It was kind of like this computer chip that they couldn't get. And anything that was released was snatched up. So um, yeah. what, what was one thing that COVID taught you? Uh, that you can only... Uh, you can take care of your health so much and there might be other things that become invasive that you don't have really have any control over or have very little control over. You just kind of, kind of go with the flow. And uh, it also taught me that uh, I had enough extra time that I didn't have time to sit around and do nothing. You know, I'm, I'm, I make great use of that time. I, um, I learned... I am such a nerd. <laughs> You're going to hang up on me after this. Well, welcome to, to the friends. family, babe. I mean, come on. We're all nerds and geeks if we're here. I'm just saying. I, le I learned to read Braille. Taught myself to read oh, Braille. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I learned. Um, we're all 195 uh, countries in the, around the world are. I work by geography, so I can tell you in any country what's next to whatever all that so that's pretty cool uh you know with with everything going on in the world it's kind of interesting to know where stuff is mm -hmm. relative to other stuff you know before i had kind of a general idea of where things were in the middle east or where things were in eastern europe uh, and but i never had any real detail so uh so now i do so that, that, that was kind of cool so it, it taught me that that 
you know, to use the time that I had to the best advantage. I mean, that's... I get it. Um, so, first of all, kudos to you for learning Braille. I mean, how often does a sighted person ever actually consider learning Braille, you know? So, and again, you, I think it's one of those things that we kind of, I want to say commonly see, but, you know, if you're sighted, most people are like, meh, it's Braille, I know what it is, and then move on. Whereas, you know, somebody who's learned it, you know, I, I would, if I would learn it, it'd be kind of tempted to be like, Ooh, I want to see what this word feels like, because that would yeah. kind of be your reaction is I would like to see, I want to know what that word feels like in Braille, because that's kind of how it is. Uh, so I think that's very interesting. Um, you have how, aside from the fish, do you have any other pets? Well, we have two sets of fish. We have Antonio, who will be 23 years old, believe it or not, in December. And that's the yellow tang, right? That's the yellow tang, yeah. And he's very popular. He has an <laughs> annual newsletter that goes out. Uh, I, yeah, my friends and Facebook people, they just think it's hilarious. But he's got his annual newsletter that goes out. He's very interactive. He likes to be, be petted with a little like a little plastic tube we call it his rubby stick and he I gets saw that yeah <laughs> um we have in in uh i call it the library it's because that's pretty much what it is that's where all my stuff is in my books we have two they're uh oscillaris they're not they're 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 false clownfish they're not actual clownfish even though they look very much like clownfish and they act very much like clownfish they're not actually a clownfishes they just started breeding uh about six months ago i mean and, and they're as old as antonio maybe they're little six months so they're in their 20s and all of a sudden, she decides she's going to start laying eggs. He's decided he's going to start fertilizing these eggs. And so the tank's not set up to really have these little critters survive. We were able to see some little bitty tiny ones for one afternoon before they all got sucked into the, the tank. You have to have very, very definite conditions to be able to raise them. And we're not ready to raise them. I think they're on their 12th batch now. I mean, wow. they just, just clean this rock, and then they start all over again. So we've got them. Uh, th those are the only pets. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah, because, again, that was also one of the things I was like, I, I think it's cool that he has his, his own little thing that he comes out with. But I was like, man, a, tw a fish for, like, 23 years old, that's, that's – I don't know how that is in fish years, but I know – you know, dogs and cats, when they get up to 21, 22, it's like they're ancient. So I don't know yeah. how, if it's the same thing with a fish. Well, he's kind of ratty looking, but he, he he's really lively. I mean, he loves to get his picture taken. He, he understands what a camera is, if that makes sense. <laughs> That's because awesome. We tape him, he, he'll get, he, he does this little surfing thing where he gets in, he, he gets in front of the power head and lets it blow him across the tank. And he, then he'll go back, and it's just like being the kid at the water park. That's awesome. Back, back and forth, and that's that's what he does to play. And uh, he'll entertain us forever. Go down to the camera and take pictures and take videos. And he'll come right up, and he's got to be right there. You know, I, we, we've tried to take pictures of other things in the tank, corals and things, because uh, there's some really amazing stuff in there. But he's right there. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's for me. 
Yeah. He's like, obviously you have a camera out for me, so, you know. <laughs> I know I'm anthropomorphizing, but, but he really does. He really gets in front of the bat, because uh, he's not protecting that coral, I can guarantee you. Right. But, anyway, um, so... One of the things that I ran across that I thought was kind of interesting, and of course if it's something else you kind of do, but I kind of thought this was like an interesting little um, bit of information. You, every three years, you read the entire Lord of the Rings. I do. So is that just a kind of like because you kind of like to continue going back to that story as far as like... I love the trilogy. Uh, I first read it when I was 18 years old, and every three years since I've read it. And, of course, by the time I get to the end, I'm bawling and, you know, I'm falling apart and everything. So I immediately follow it up with, and folks, you can find this on, it's called Board of the Ring. And it's a Harvard Lampoon, real short little little skinny edition and they lampoon the entire trilogy oh, that sounds yeah good. It's, you've got spam you've got frito you've got good golf you've got four door and two door and sore hit i mean you, you would love it kevin if you're a lord of the rings person you need to check out four i like of the that I, I, and again i think that's also something that's kind of a almost a what if in itself yeah. yeah. What What if it was a comedy versus what it actually is? <laughs> Definitely uh, a comedy. So you know, having I that, it. I think having that for like true fans. Um, one of my references here will be a movie called Fanboys. Um, if you're a Star Wars geek like myself, Fanboys is a hundred percent made for you. It's absolutely hilarious, and I recommend it with both thumbs. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's one of those things that were made for fans, by fans, and it's hilarious. Uh, so yeah, yeah getting, getting to know, getting to see some of those references and just the inside jokes, which I'm sure were, you know, in, in the... Books. Oh, there, there were, there, there, there were quite a few, you know, uh, Arrowroot of Arrow Shirt, his, his, the, the hilt always falling off his sword, and he's always tripping over him. I mean, it's just, it's just a stitch. Yeah gotta get a copy if you're a lotr person i'm i'm gonna have to look that up because again i i know enough lord of the rings to where i think oh, it, yeah. it would be cool to kind of get into that um let me see my list of questions um so uh i also saw that you kind of challenged yourself to write something based on a one word prompt i think that was kind of cool um and i often think that that's actually a cool exercise for writers and almost like artists you know they do like the 21 challenge day challenge of like drawing during october and i think it's important to kind of exercise your brain like that and be like okay well i'm going to do a one word prompt and again obviously it worked for you because you wrote an entire piece based on i think it was the word lambert yes. is that correct lambert L-A-M-B-E-N-T. lambert yeah. flicker uh -huh. yeah and that was before i understood about I, I, I'm not very good about writing to a prompt. Uh, if I can write something short, I will. But I write kind of what I want to write. I mean, I write for me. Uh, so it's difficult for me to write for other people, unless it's a crastic, you know, if I see a painting or something. I did a poem about uh, 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 Guernica, uh, 
Picasso's Guernica called Taurus of Man. That came out pretty good. But, yeah, it's uh, lambent. Uh, do you want me to explain what I did, or do are you... Um, you can, because, I mean, well, otherwise, you know, the listeners won't, won't understand it. But you're definitely welcome to go ahead and kind of talk them through it. I'll, I'll, I'll make it quick. Uh, I was doing... I'm a crossword puzzle fanatic also, and I came across this word lambent. It was flickering. I thought, well, that's kind of a cool word. And this is not too long after I'd started writing, uh, trying to get serious about it. And so I thought, okay, now where, where would you find a flickering flame? Okay, so I started thinking about catacombs. And then I thought, okay, that's kind of a cool idea, but what about other places where people are buried? This is the way my brain works. So I, you know, yada, yada. So I expanded off. I ended up with this poem that starts with the, quote, most majestic tomb on the planet, which is the Taj Mahal, and then worked my way down to mass graves, you know, and unknown soldiers and things like that. And then I have a little space there, and then I, it's, it's kind of a circular poem because I brought it back around. I talk about a grotto with a rock rolled back. And that's actually the most majestic. The way I wrote it is that that, that, that is actually, the Tomb of Christ is actually the most majestic tomb that there ever was. So it kind of went down, spiraled like that, and came back around. So it was pretty good, but it's all based on that one word. Hmm. I, again, that, that, I think that's cool. I think finding ways to help your brain get creative um, is definitely something that is good. I, I relate to that because... I think there was, I wrote a piece of Drabble and Frash myself, uh, it was uh, inspired by the word rain, uh, or uh, a website called rainymood.com, you're all very welcome, go there and check it out, um, but it's for people who love the sound of rain, pluviophiles uh, like myself, yeah. yes. um, but I was listening to it one day, and just, like you, and again, I think you kind of referenced it a little bit, like, words just came out of you without you know you just kind oh, of wrote oh, something yeah. crazy and you're yeah. like you're going and then 15 20 minutes later you're like oh that happened <laughs> so um yeah that's that's a cool word yeah i it's neat to write poems about words that aren't really common right right something people can actually relate to today's word is Petrichor. Petrichor. Yeah. Lorraine. Uh, yay. Yay. I'm glad you know that. So, oh, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah. Um, again, I kind of like, you know, words like that and like, you know, copious and copacetic. I was like, when I heard that in, in high school for the first time, I was like, what in the oh. world? Somebody's like, I was like, what's copacetic? He's like, go look it up. Oh, great. Yeah. You know, and again, that kind of random knowledge is, is really good. Um, I see that you love the ocean. That is awesome. Um, I also think the ocean is very impressive. Um, and again, I was watching some videos on somebody that was like climbing a mountain and they were kind of videoing themselves. And the ocean and caves and things like that, it just kind of reminds me, and, and I don't want to say it's a negative way, of just how insignificant we can be sometimes. Like us compared to what's you know around us. Right, and right. our size versus the size of a cave or a mountain or an ocean. And you're just like, 
Wow. Okay. Uh, so I, I often kind of like seeing stuff like that because it puts it into perspective in that here we are thinking that we're so small compared to a mountain. Well, that mountain's on a planet. That planet is in a solar system. That solar system is in a galaxy. And so forth and so forth and so forth. Um, so you know what? That's actually a, a really interesting question. So we're going to ask two. So the first question, is there intelligent life outside of planet Earth? What do you think? Uh, I think there might be. It, where I draw the line is that if you've got people... Um, years away. I don't think they're going to come to uh, Kansas and tip cows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't <laughs> think so either. Or there, there, there's going to be more to what they do. Uh, intelligence is, is, is always an interesting topic for me. And back to the speculative part, and I am actually going to answer your question. Back to the speculative part, let, let's speculate on this. Let's assume that, that Antonio has his own what-ifs, mm -hmm. and he's thinking outside of his tank, and what if this, that, and the other thing. Uh, dogs and cats, do they only think about their next meal, or do they actually get into, you know, because sometimes you'll see an animal, and they're just really looking at stuff. Mm -hmm. What are they thinking? Right. And maybe... You know, maybe I'm just nuts and you know need to lay off the booze. But yeah. I, I just feel like there's intelligence. Uh, you look at what they can do with dolphins and whales and everything. Speak mm. back to ocean. Yeah. I think I think there's intelligence out there. It may not look well. What does our intelligence look like? Right. I mean, I guess we kind of. It looks like what we create. Yeah. Is intelligence only that, or is it what you think as well? So. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I would, I'll have to say that it's arrogant of us as a species to assume there is no other intelligent life other than, other than us, um, on this planet or off this planet. Um, so that's what I'm going to say about that. And speaking to something you kind of touched on, and then this leads to my second question is that, you know, you were talking about how animals look off at things and you're like, what are they looking at? So... I have seen this in several cases, and even in my own pet, my cat will be looking at something and there's absolutely nothing over there. I'm like, what do you see? So ghosts, you know, um, or specters or what have you, you know, is that some kind of a spectrum that, you know, maybe only animals can see or something in that nature? But yeah, I was like, ooh. Exactly. Or is, is your cat thinking, <laughs> with the what ifs, I kind of like to get into the humor of it too. With the, is your cat thinking, I wonder if that chair would look better over here? <laughs> more, more than likely going, ooh, they placed that nice breakable vase right on the edge where I normally lay. Oh, hmm. Yeah. I, think, I think that feng shui is not good. We're going to move the vase. Um, so you've written 14 pieces uh, for the world of myths. So that means you've been with us for a little while. Um, what do you think of that particular platform as far as being digital? Um, do you feel that, that having something like that is good for people to kind of like come to, to kind of just express themselves and kind of see if that's something that's right for them, like writing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, every, 
not not everything that I've written for World of Myth is is a what if. Not everything is about death. Not everything's about ghosts. Uh, it, it, having read as much as I've read of the people that have been published there, it's it's, it's kind of a why. The word myth is only part of what goes on in the World of Myth magazine. I mean, there's a lot of different types of writing in there, and I think it's, it is very creative stuff. And uh, some of the drabble has nothing to do with myth, particularly. You know, it's just uh, observation. I think I think the World of Myth magazine is a good place for people to bring their observations. I think it's a good platform for that. I definitely agree. Um, I like that the World of Myth like welcomes pretty much anything that's creative and interesting, mm -hmm. um, whether it be light, dark, uh, humorous, yes. or horror. Uh, yes. And again, we have got some of the best artists creating, uh, you know, that I've seen in a, in a while. And I've, I've been with World of Myth for so long, and I've just seen some of the most amazing art, and I've seen authors grow, and I've seen them create bigger and better pieces. And, you know, I, I would like to think that we had a small part in helping them, you know, kind of like grow and cut their teeth, uh, as to say, oh. you know, getting that mm -hmm. confidence in front of a virtual audience, uh, having people kind of comment on their stuff and vote for it. Uh, and again, obviously, in your case, uh, they, you got enough attention to where uh, they felt it was worthy of an interview to where now, we, you know, if people want to, they can be like, oh, hey, Linda, I like what she writes. I want to hear what she's all about. Oh, so, that's nice. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I yeah. think it's a very observational side yeah a lot, of, a lot of creative stuff so um one interesting question i kind of came up with and i often write them down as i think about them in today's world um where everything is going digital and uh, it is becoming harder and harder to find things like a cd because you can stream a cd it is harder to potentially find maybe i know they still do it but like do you think that books will eventually be phased out in lieu of like Kindles and, you know, electronic downloads where you can just have the book in front of you, but not something physical? For me, there are certain books that I have to have in my hand. For instance, I will not re read The Lord of the Rings. There is no way I'm ever going to do that. I am going to have that book in my hot little hands. Uh, anything by Stephen King has to be something I can hold in my hand. I don't know why there, there are certain authors that just, you just want the books. There's something about physically turning the page with those authors that makes you get more intimate with the characters. Um, this is fine but it doesn't have the same oomph for it with, with, with certain writers. Now, I have lots of both. I have a huge library of hardback and paperback books. I also have a heck of a lot of stuff on Kindle that I'll read. So I, I, and and I, think it, I think it's a good platform. Um, one of the funny things about sometimes poets say, well, I'm just not going to read anything that's, you know, I'm not going to read an ebook if it's poetry because that's just not real poetry. I mean, that's just, I'm thinking, okay, 
but you're on Instagram and Facebook all day, and that's okay. You're reading poetry there. You're just not going to buy a book, an ebook from this person that's all digital because that ruins your sensibilities. Yeah. Not pretty, but it just doesn't sound kind of silly, you know. And of course, you know, digital copies don't have that cool and often, you know, underappreciated new book smell. <laughs> well, that, that is that is true. That is true. Um, but there's a lot of other senses that are being used besides new book smell when you're when you're actually you know when when you're reading a book. Uh, yeah, the tactile feel of the pages. I think you really touched on something there because. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and again, I don't know if this is a true or not, but, you know, I think that when a writer's creating a book and they're seeing how it's formatted on the pages, you know, perhaps they craft the story in such a way as to when you're turning that page, you're, you're going on that journey. You're kind of addicted to it now. You're like, I have to see what's on the next page. And they know you're going to that next page and they know what you're going for. So they set up that anticipation and it's, I think it's more, it's stronger with a page than it would be like a flick, you know. Uh, and, and I agree with you. That's why for my self-published books, they're all, they're in print, paperback, and they're digital. Now, some of publishing just publishes ebooks, and that's fine by me, because uh, I, I, I love that publishing company. But I, my, mine are both, because there, there's, there, there are those two types of people. Um I just think imagination is so much more intriguing than new book smell. Um, you know, if it's a good writer, you, you really get into the stuff regardless of, of whether or not it's you're having to flip pages or not. Yeah. It, it, I understand. My problem is I'm such an avid reader, I can't afford... A lot of new books, uh, but I can afford um, digital stuff. So you know, I mean, there is that. For th that, that's just a personal thing, though. No, and I think everybody has their preference. And, and like I said, I, 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 I don't know. I, I agree with you. There's, there's a different journey with a handheld book than there is something else. Um, there, there. Kind of like the point is, I guess the point is, everybody just needs to read. Yeah, at least something. Don't at least, about it. Just do it. <laughs> at least be reading. And and again, that kind of goes back to the difference between something that's on vinyl versus something that is, you know, in person versus something that you hear on like a, a CD or cassette that's studio produced. So those are all so different uh, yeah. as far as the sound because sometimes something in a studio, you don't get quite the... The passion that you would get perhaps on stage and, and again I think that's kind of a difference in, in another medium uh, to kind of show that so um, how long have you been married 44 years 44 years okay did you guys meet in high school um, and college we met at college. University of Tech. okay uh -huh. and uh, to kind of like go off of something that I came across, it said rock and roll girl meets classical music guy. Um, yeah. So it's obvious yeah. that, you know, he kind of influenced you uh, in the classical guitar area because I, you, I think I remember seeing you uh, talk about playing classical guitar now. Right. 
Yes, he did. Now, uh, in in fairness, um, he likes uh, he plays Beatles and uh, Stairway to Heaven. Now, this is on a classical guitar, not on an electric guitar. Right. Uh, he plays um, you know popular music, Elton John, and uh, he just learned how to play Bohemian Rhapsody on guitar. Nice. So he, he he's yeah. So he's he'll play rock stuff on a classical guitar, which you think that sounds kind of strange, but it's actually really beautiful. So No, I, I bet it is. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that acoustic, uh, and I've, I've seen kind of the difference in there too, an uh, acoustic versus an electric, it's a different experience. Um, oh, yeah. And I think oh, yeah. an acoustic guitar brings a certain power to a song because it's just the simpler, sometimes simpler is better. Um, so... Uh, again, uh, letting everybody else know that I will put a, the, you already have it, but I'm going to make sure that we have a link to your blog uh, on the physical copy, uh, not the physical, but the um, there's always a pre-interview stage where we kind of take what you wrote in your blog and put that out for everybody kind of to read. So that's what we're going to use to, you know, kind of direct them to your blog type thing. So I uh, I will say that um, from a personal standpoint to all of our listeners. Um, I would recommend you check out the blog. Uh, there's a lot of interesting articles and interviews um, that she has on her blog. Uh, I found it was very interesting, very well put together. I enjoyed myself while I was there. I was like, ooh, look at all this cool stuff I can look at. Um, so, you know, kudos to you for, for, for having that body of work. Um, so with the last few moments we have before i let you go um is there anything that you have learned in life that you would like to pass on to someone else oh i'm i'm no sage but, <laughs> yeah um just, so then, I, I guess just just get it just get out there and and if you can't do anything else in life just get out there and be kind be kind you know? never know what other people are going through just and you may be the only person that day that smiled at someone just yeah. get out there and i mean that that's that's it be kind learn everything you can yeah. I, if you think you can't learn it then unlearn that you think you can't learn it learn it i, I think if you ever stop learning you truly stop living um i you know i'm 48 and i learn new things every day i learn new things about myself about the world um, sure. I, I've had so many failures and so many successes and so many experiences that I look back sometimes and I go, wow, you know, that was a different lifetime ago. That was over 20 years ago that I did that. Um, so yeah, I can definitely say that, you know, I think that failure, even if it is a failure, it is better than regret. Um, so having never done that, you'll never know that unanswered question. Could I have done it? Yeah. You won't, yeah, but, you won't yeah, have your answer no, to what if. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I've had plenty of failure too, but um, I saw a quote not too long ago I thought was really cool. It said, don't look back. That's not the way you're going. Oh, nice. Yes, yeah. Really cool, you know, and I thought, that's exactly right. That's not where I'm going. I'm yeah. going. That's not the direction you're pointed. Oh, yeah. Man. So always, what is it, um, the Meet the Robinsons uh, movie, really cute movie. Uh, but one of their things is they always say, keep moving forward. And uh, yes. again, I suggest that um, if you get knocked down seven times, make sure you get up eight. Uh, it confuses your haters. <laughs> um, and, and again, even if 
like I said, even if you fail, I, I would again say to you, it, 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 failure is better than regret. Just, just take the chance. Uh, you may fail, and as long as you're living, guess what? You get to learn a lesson. You get to find yeah. out. You know, you get to find out what it was that, if that was for you or for not. Uh, and sometimes finding out that something isn't for you is far more valuable than than never knowing. Um, it's kind of like you know, if you, for those of you that are old like me, um, if you've ever like been through high school and you're like oh man i i should have asked her out on a date i I should have talked to her or i should have done this um even in the cases where i tried to talk to that person and they didn't have anything to do with me that moment of failure was better uh for me i think overall than not knowing uh because you know your, your brain will kick you around for millions of years so again um Linda, just want to say thank you so much um, for for being very understanding uh, of my shenanigans and uh, and and everything we hear. Um, But again, thank you for sitting down with us, spending time with us, and uh, allowing us to kind of talk to you. uh, And again, just kind of find out more of you about a person. So uh, again, for those fans of Linda, uh, you'll find her blog again highly suggested. Do you have any other? Um, websites. I know your books are on Amazon, but do you have anything else where people can go to find your work, or is the is the blog the best place place to go? Uh, the the best page. I'm on Instagram, but really anything that's on Instagram is on the blog, and the blog's really pretty all inclusive. It has the book covers, it has the interviews, it has the radio shows, it has the work that's coming up, it has where I've been published, where I'm going to be published, uh, where my work's been translated, just pretty much anything that you would want to ask an author about as far as their body of work is there. So the uh, Linda's Poetry blog dot blogspot.com is it, it, everything you really need to know is there. And I can mm-hmm. be contacted through there also. But I really want to thank anybody that listened to this or is going to listen right. to this. Thank you so much. Um, from the bottom of my heart, just it, it, it's nice to to have people recognize your work. Thank mm-hmm. everybody for me for uh, the recognition. I really am grateful. And Most certainly will. And again, that's one of the things that uh, we have a board of directors meeting usually every month. Uh, not usually on schedule, but it happens. <laughs> and and I kind of told uh, Dave Montoya, I said, you know, a lot of these people, when they're interviewed, it is something special for them. It, it is that moment of recognition um, that their their work and what they're doing is, is recognized, and they're thankful. And I think that's important. I think it's always important to to recognize folks who who create on a daily basis and don't often get like a pat on the back or any attention or anything like that. I think it's important because it feeds you. It feeds your creativity. It makes you feel like oh, I'm fine. I'm doing what I love to do for me and people appreciate it. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, now like I said, thank them cuz that's that, that's really cool. But no uh, I really did enjoy talking to you. I think we're two peas in the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I, I try. I try to I try to make them pretty relaxed um, if it's me, um, but uh, but yeah again thank you for sitting down with us uh, we're gonna go yeah. ahead and uh, again say goodbye and we look forward to seeing more work from you okay thank you bye 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 now.
Honey, I'm home. Wait, where is everybody at? What, why is the lair empty? I, wasn't there supposed to be someone here? Hello? Hello? I, it smells like somebody was here. I, I was just about to get groceries. I don't understand. Did they, did, today's day, right? Where's Dave? Dave, are you there? Ew. What, what, it smells like Kevin. Ew. Gasp. What, ah, ah well, it looks like I missed out. For the rest of you that are still here, I'll always be waiting. I'll always be watching. And if you dare take the challenge to face me, the Mythmaster, I'll be here for you. Ha, 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 